Team NXT, I know you're out there. Thank you so much for listening. I am CD, Danny Mac, bringing you another episode of the Undisputed Future Podcast and a very special episode this week because it is the debut of the NXT UK series and it's just been something I've been long awaited to start discussing as part of my weekly regimen. Unfortunately, this week is just all sorts of chaotic. I'm kind of squeezing this episode in between a lot of personal obligations. So if you're out there, thank you for listening. And uh, what can I say about NXT UK? Unbelievable debut show, October 17th, a huge day in the day of NXT's history. But unfortunately, I'm doing this a couple days late. It is Tuesday, October 23rd. Lots of personal obligations coming up, so I do apologize. Thank you for sticking around out there and patiently awaiting a new episode of the podcast. Be sure to vote for WrestleHub's Wrestling Podcast Awards. Be sure to vote for at podcast underscore UF. They're going by my Twitter handle because that's where all this is being organized. For Best Solo Podcast, I'm... Pretty sure I'm up there for best review also, but I know I'm up there for best solo show, so please do me a favor while you're filling out the brackets. Give me a vote for best solo show and vote until your heart is content. We have until November 3rd, and there's a ton of talented brands out there. Thank you so much for promoting me, and I will be sure to do you guys the same exact favor. Unbelievable. Thank you so much to the Wrestle Hub for throwing all of this together. And let's jump right into some wrestling discussion. Enough about the pre show warm ups and self promotion. Let's talk a little bit about NXT UK. Mark Andrews versus Joe Coffey being the first televised event for this brand. Very interesting choice throwing the speed versus power contrast up and up up front. In, uh, in the NXT UK division right away, size versus speed, the crowd very much behind Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews, a personal favorite of mine on the NXT UK roster. I seem to have a personal attachment to wrestlers from Wales. Just kind of seems to be a personal pattern I've been noticing in my fandom, but... Mark Andrews did have a little bit of past history with the Coffee Bros interfering at the end of the Fatal 4-Way to determine a number one contender for Pete Dunne's NXT UK title, and that man would be Noam Dar and compete in that main event on this debut episode of NXT UK. Andrews is dynamic and high-flying. The Stun Dog Millionaire, I always like to think I'm probably dating myself again with this reference also, but to those of you out there who remember, you can't powerbomb Kidman? Well, you can't suplex Mark Andrews because he will hit you with that stun dog millionaire out of nowhere. But the setup for the another favorite move of mine, a shooting star press outside interference by by Mark Coffey, excuse me, Joe Coffey being the one competing against Andrews this evening, Joe and Mark making their mark on the NXT UK division early. A decapitation of a lariat would seal the win for Joe, and a post-match assault would go down on the on the Welshman, but a fellow Welshman would come out and save him in the form of Flesh Morgan Webster. Flesh Morgan Webster, a talent I just discovered due to the NXT UK Tournament 2, or is it WWE United Kingdom Championship? Tournament 2, whichever one of those I'm trying to say. Mustache Mountain, obviously going to be big-time players in the tag team division for NXT UK. 
really the two hype men, really two of the most notable UK superstars in the NXT roster as a whole, so definitely smart for them to get some mic time. Uh, Dave Mastiff, big man, is going to be a big deal, absolutely decimating Sid Scala. Seemed like a sacrifice on Scala's parts. The young man, young man's career might be cut short after a huge power bomb. I don't know how all his ribs might be all sorts of out of whack. Briefly on women's division action, we have the fan favorite Tony Storm taking on somebody who probably shouldn't be a fan favorite, but managed to win me over. Nina Samuels, uh, proving ground for the first ever NXT United Kingdom women's champion in this match. Uh, Nina Samuels, clearly a early control in the powerful competitor, but all signs point to Storm Zero, and you better be on Tony Storm watch if you're not already. Tony Storm, a promising talent and May Young Classic competitor, still moving on amidst round two. And, of course, these things being taped already, I'm not going to go anything past that. Moving on, quick look at the NXT UK Championship Tournament, or is it WWE United Kingdom Championship Tournament? I think the brands might be NXT UK, but the champ of all the United Kingdom WWE representation will live down there, so I think the title is going to stay branded as the WWE United Kingdom Championship title. Not really sure. Fast-paced and psychological matchup. Lots of back and forth. Noam Dar able to give Pete Dunne a little taste of his own medicine by focusing on the arm and the fingers and really the extremities attack. But Pete Dunne, it's just business as usual with the bruiser weight. Chain submission chemistry between the two. I'm going to definitely give credit where credit is due in the in-ring chemistry portion, Noam Dar and Pete Dunne, two young guys, younger than me, and I'm only in my mid-20s, and they're already showing this kind of promise on a big stage, like the television series debut of the NXT UK brands, but it would be a bitter end for Noam Dar, and Pete Dunne would go on to be and remain the longest running champion in the entire company, so maybe it's rightfully called the WWE United Kingdom Championship, especially while it's around the waist of Pete Dunne. I hope you guys enjoyed that short little summary of NXT from Cambridge. Now let's jump into NXT action from Full Sail University down in Florida for our main NXT TV and a double night of main events But that's not all. Not only am I back after throwing three weeks of NXT coverage back to back to back in my 70th Spectacular, but Aleister Black is back in black and uh, had a little something to say and respond to during the women's main event. But a main event to kick off the night in the form of a tag team title matchup It is the War Raiders Hanson and Rowe taking on the Undisputed Era currently represented in the Tag Team Championship race as Roderick Strong and Kyle O'Reilly. The power and the hybrid athletes of the big men would take on the submission and technicality of Strong and O'Reilly. Undisputed Era, experience with bigger tag teams. Although it is Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly representation when I make that reference, you gotta figure 
O'Reilly's passing along details on how he was able to work his way around the Authors of Pain and kind of deliver a similar strategy against Hansen and Rowe. So Undisputed Era, no strangers to being the smaller men in the fight, definitely master craft strategists and has definitely helped them hone all of this ability. Raiders using one man to take down the other, that's where the power game would really kick in. Roderick Strong getting used as a weapon into Kyle O'Reilly, and of course, we all know it would not be a NXT Tag Team Championship matchup without our classic using one guy to break up the submission that another guy is on, and of course, we got to witness one of those this evening. Unbelievably executed knees by both Rowe and and Roderick Strong and a pinpoint precision of Kyle O'Reilly strikes is always something to be in absolute awe of. I'm a big fan of Axe and Smash because, hey, I use Axe kicks in my own personal repertoire, and I like to throw in a spinning back fist whenever I can. But enough about me, let's talk about the big return. First of the evening is a healthy and mobile Bobby Fish. Bobby Fish able to storm the ring holding a steel chair without... Without any without any hesitation. The brace is still there. Not going to say there's no lingering side effects. Can only imagine what the guy's been going through off camera. But it's nice to see a healthy Bobby Fish. It's not nice to see him with a steel chair. Especially if you're Hanson or Rowe. But after the coal interference, which would prove not really as effective as they're used to. The War Raiders, big hybrid athletes, also smart competitors and able to knock down the obstacles that try and throw themselves in the way. But you just can't work your way around a steel chair. Devastation, total elimination by Undisputed Era. Undisputed Era is back. They're up and running at full strength and at full capacity in full sail. So what does this mean? I think it means that the bricks are being laid down for War Games 2's matchup. War Raiders, I would not be surprised if a makeshift team, kind of parallel to the Undisputed Era's own Roderick Strong last year, teaming with two guys I mentioned earlier, the Authors of Pain. Authors of Pain and Roderick Strong making a surprisingly entertaining team, so I could see the same thing happening for the War Raiders and say the current North American champion in the form of the one and only Ricochet. But where does that leave the third team? Does Mustache Mountain throw their name back into the back into the struggle with the Undisputed Era? Not I don't think that's a rivalry that's ever going to fully go away. I think that Pete Dunn and Adam Cole the, both of their egos are too big to just kind of ever walk away from each other. Even if you have a completely separate show for these men, I really think that British Strong Style could come back in full force and find themselves a part of NXT TakeOver War Games. But give me your thoughts on that. We have a healthy and full capacity Undisputed Era. How much is Bobby Fish able to do? I think we'll find out as the weeks go by. But moving on to the Aleister Black investigation and the main catalyst in the investigation, Nikki Cross. Nikki Cross struggling mentally to nobody's surprise, scratching down EST and muttering on about secrets and what she knows and how she knows it and that vantage point she had on the rooftop. It's it's all so incredibly intriguing and really reaches its boiling point during that match with Bianca Belair. And uh, wow, I'm zipping through this episode to nobody's surprise and I got 
I got some time. Let's move on to women's action while we're talking about the psychotic Nikki Cross. Britt Baker, baby. Adam Cole's own baby. Great to see her on NXT television. Unfortunate circumstances to find her in. Britt Baker had to be bullied by Baszler. Britt's, Britt's a dentist. All the power to you. Get yourself through school. Earn that degree. But I think after this matchup, she probably should have taken a little bit of a focus on orthopedic surgery. Orthopedic surgery being uh, hands and what what uh, what have you. Anyway, unbelievable. Actually, it's entirely believable because it's Shayna Baszler. Just brutal beatdown and stomping out the arm once again. The same old song and dance when it comes to the aggressive Shayna Baszler. You hear all those things. And you watch all these things about the training camp and what she's going to change when she starts competing. It really, it looked like the same exact bullying and pushover moveset that uh, that we've come to be accustomed to when we watch Shayna Baszler. Maybe she's not breaking out that bag of tricks yet because Kyrie Sane is closely watching her WWE Evolution opponent. Who knows? Who knows? I'm uh, I'm not going to try and get inside the mindset of a bully because it's not who I've been. If you've listened to the show before, you know me as a longtime martial artist and current karate instructor. Punch the bully in the face. Show no remorse. If you're still out there and you're listening to me and you're in high school, tell a teacher. Don't bother with the rat-based consequences. Go home safely. Punch the bully in the head. Defend yourself. Little PSA by yours truly, CD. Danny Mac. Moving on, though. Moving on. A big night of returns and re-debuts in the form of 1-2 Punch, Danny Birch, and Oni Larkin. The two bald bruisers, former opponents. These guys have a really interesting founding history as a tag team. Great series of singles matches. Could not wait to see these guys back after Oni Larkin suffering a devastating Orbital Bone Fracture in a hard-hitting matchup with the current Tag Team Champions, the Undisputed Era, at NXT TakeOver Chicago 2. But Oni's back, and we have TV debuts for a team in Tian Bing and Rocky. Tian Bing, a major Chinese signing for WWE, so he's a talent to certainly keep your eye on. Ianoki training Bing. So uh he's he's got his name in the uh in the past of uh of wrestling legacy. I kind of like these guys and uh I'm going to draw a little bit of a parallel to another current NXT tag team in Adrian Jode and Cesar Bononi. These guys are able to use a language barrier to their advantage and uh kind of isolate their opponents as far as their strategy goes and what they're thinking and what kind of tandem maneuvers might be headed your way. I really like that idea of throwing in all the culture and the background of superstars and how they work as a team. And I could definitely see that working in the case of Rocky and Bing as well. But Oni Larkin and Danny Burch, tough as nails, as always, big advantage over their opponents because... Just another reminder, this is their NXT television debut as a team, and uh, Chinese superstars are still yet to get their full grasp on professional wrestling. It's still a rising sport, so for these guys to take a couple losses, it's it's totally understandable. It's getting acclimated to an entirely new environment, 
And that would sadly happen for one Rocky. Tian Bing getting protected and not eating the pinfall in this one, but Rocky would eat an elevated DDT, and one-two punch would be three steps ahead of their opponents. And they're keeping the momentum going. Come back to television. Get a couple wins under your belts. You should find yourself back in that NXT tag team title picture. I would love to see them get another rematch with the Undisputed Era. Maybe even Danny Burch and Oni Lorcan find their way into the War Games scenario. You never know how far this history can go back and what that TakeOver Chicago 2 injury could have done to the mindset of Oni Lorcan. You don't know what kind of hands and in what kind of environment Oni Lorcan would want to get his hands on. And you know Danny Burch is going to have his back alongside that every single step of the way. Danny Burch getting his opportunity to defend Oni Lorcan while he was out with injury. Couple altercations and wars of words with the Undisputed Era while Oni Lorcan was out on injury. (laughs) Gotta get my talking down straight. I'm, uh, I'm still figuring out life at this point in the day. NXT Championship announcement by William Regal next week. That will be on the October 24th edition of NXT, but let's move on to the main events and what some would consider a play date. Nikki Cross and Bianca Belair one more time. Nikki Cross right now, she's kind of struggling on all cylinders. I I don't think there's any, there's really any physical toll on her body, but she has to focus her body on getting into these matches with a very powerful opponent in Bianca Belair. She's in the midst of a rivalry and has to take care of her physical health. But we all know the mental states or lack thereof of Nikki Cross and especially finding herself smack dab in the middle with what she knows and Nikki's got a secret. Nikki's got a secret going on with this Aleister Black investigation. It's got to be tough to be inside the head of Nikki Cross. Even more so now than uh than I can imagine it is on a day-to-day basis. So a little bit of a psychological advantage for Bianca Belair if you're on the outside looking in. Once you're in the ring with Nikki Cross, she's still going to try and twist and turn those psychological screws inside of her opponent's mind. Always impressive with Bianca Belair. It really a chaotic start and quick paced on both sides. Both of these ladies really getting a feel for each other. Um, I really enjoy rivalries outside of the title scene that you feel means something. Nikki Cross seeming obsessed with playing with Bianca. I've always taken that the past couple weeks as I want to play. I want to end your undefeated streak. I don't know. That could just be this NXT podcast host reading way too much into the product. Anyway, athletic ability of Bianca Belair is never something to overlook. She's an accomplished multi- collegiate athlete champion? Not sure if she's champion, but I've seen her at least place states in the Who is Bianca Belair little mini doc, and of course, following that same pattern. After that aired, Bianca Belair not only got more TV time, but also able to show off a more cocky and heel-type persona, just like Roderick Strong and the Mighty, formerly known as Who Are TM61. Just a just saying. Bianca Belair really laying it all into cross inside and on her body too because the the glitter of Bianca Belair's attire this evening really, really added to the atmosphere of Full Sail. You cannot 
you couldn't look in one section of the ring and not see at least two or three little uh, rhinestones. I'm, I'm guessing that's that's kind of what they what they looked like to me. Anyway, Bianca Belair not just showing off her athleticism, but her power as well with a major power bomb, which I'm going to refer to as the what the f power bomb, based on her reaction to Nikki Cross managing to kick out of the what the f power bomb. Nikki Cross would be driven crazy by the counter-resilience of Bianca Belair as well. Belair would manage to hit the hair whip from the top rope. A superplex major turning point in the matchup. Which one of these ladies is going to get up and storm the castle first? All of a sudden, the lights turn black. And the incendiary theme of Aleister Black hits. Incendiary, not just a term for how fire the track is, but incendiary also the Long Island punk band who uh, directs and produces and plays Aleister Black's theme song. So a uh, shout out to fellow Long Island act incendiary out there. Always got to give love to fellow New Yorkers every time I can. Staten Island's Sometimes, sometimes could find appreciation for Long Island, and I've done enough of a cheap plug to keep you guys in anticipation. Aleister Black is back. Aleister Black has returned. He finds himself in his patented seated position across from Nikki Cross, and you know he wants that information. Tell me. Tell me. Tell me. Cross would crawl. Of course, being the little minx that we know Nikki Cross is capable of being. And whisper. And whisper, Team NXT. I can't whisper whispering because I'm frustrated by the fact that it was whispered. What did she say? Who was it? Who did she see? How many actions did she see? Was this a coordinated attack by more than one source? I got a little bit of time here, so I'm going to dive into my own conspiracy theory that Velveteen Dream and the current NXT champion possibly working in cahoots with each other to organize themselves a singles match for the NXT championship. I know what you're thinking. Danny, after the past weeks of backlash and the verbal war of words... I nailed it that time. Between Tommaso Ciampa, between the Black Heart of NXT, and the Velveteen Dream Experience, what could you possibly be thinking? Well, there's been crazier things to happen in the world of professional wrestling now, isn't there? Take out a top contender in the former champion to drive home a new spot for a new star? Not only do you knock out the triple threat possibility in Brooklyn and give Tommaso Ciampa a little bit of a leg up in walking away with the victory over Johnny Gargano, but Velveteen Dream is able to elevate and close to take the spots of a man he had the NXT rivalry of the year with? I think that's definitely something worth trying to take home and think about. But to wrap things up, one of my favorites... And former NXT champions, Aleister Black is back and healthy and hopefully in any condition to once again deliver some Black Mass spinning heel kicks. So that about wraps things up. I apologize 
Well, actually, no, not really for the uh, for the brevity of this episode, but we're hitting about 25 minutes today. I hope you guys enjoy however you're listening to me, your commute, your walk to class, sitting around, just hanging out, no matter how or when you're listening to me. I always appreciate the support. Be sure to continue that support and give me a vote on the Wrestling Podcast Awards. You could find the link on my Twitter, at podcast underscore UF. I'll be plugging the show and the awards way more. And uh, thank you for joining me on my live tweets of Raw and SmackDown, and of course my spoiler-free NXT live tweets as well. Well, that minus uh, minus the weeks where the tapings occur, because I like to try and avoid spoilers myself. Be sure to follow the Instagram also, at Undisputed Future Podcast, all one word. You'll find wrestling-related memes and pictures of my dog, so that's always pretty cool. Be sure to reach out to me on Facebook also. Uh, the messages always, always open and uh, be sure to just pop a like on the page and I'll be sure to keep up the social media content outreach on there as well. And thank you for listening to me on your favorite podcasting platform, whether it's iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, CastBox. I'm available somewhere on the Amazon Alexa apps as well. RSS feed is up. NXT podcast discussion is up and open and ready for your ears. Thank you so much again for listening to me. If you've listened to me before, you know how often I like to express my appreciation for my listener base, for my team NXT. Thank you so much. You'll hear me again soon. Next week, William Regal has a major NXT championship announcement. I wonder if my whole little conspiracy theory is going to come into play. And what is next? We are back in black on NXT TV.